Welcome to The Beat Society, where I indulge in conversation with folk from all walks of life in the artistic world to find out what puts the beat in their society. Over the course of the series, I'll be chatting to a range of people in different creative industries who will be sharing their personal stories and work. So sit back, get comfy and enjoy. And welcome to another episode of the Beat Society with me, Kim. Today, we'll be talking about art and my guest is the very talented artist, Ali Mackie. We'll be talking all about her wonderful collection of work, her inspirations and what's next for her in this exciting creative field of work. Where do I begin with art? It's such a vast subject with many different elements to it. And if I'm honest, it's not something I have truly explored myself away from learning the basics of art at school. Okay, yes, I've been to many galleries and exhibitions showcasing numerous amounts of art, be it in paintings, sculptures, modern art, classic art, pop art, perhaps photography. But for me, art is all around us, but it's what we personally define art as an individual. What may be seen as something beautiful to one eye may be the complete opposite to another. Now, I'm no good with a paintbrush by all means, and I can't draw to save my life, but I certainly appreciate good art when I see it. I like to explore the story behind it. I'm from a creative writing background, so for me, I love the art of storytelling and knowing what the story is behind a piece of art and perhaps interpreting it in my own creative way. At home in my house, we have many pieces of artwork on our walls, which reflect me and my partner's taste in things such as art deco and music. But we have several pieces of artwork created by the artist Wallacey Kaczynski. Now, this was my partner's choice in artwork, but what I love about them is how abstract they are. I can see something in a painting of his that perhaps he can't see and vice versa. And every time I look at a Kadinsky painting, I always see something different. And that's the kind of art I like. Something that just keeps on giving. Now, art can obviously be in any type of form. Perhaps in pottery, homeware designs, jewellery, you name it. And that is what I mean when I say, for me, art is all around. Now, we're not going to all agree, and that's okay. But that's the joy of art. It strikes up interesting conversations. And I, for one, am more game. Joining me now is a mixed media artist whose background actually started off in furniture and interior design before deciding to settle down and become a full-time mum to her daughter. It was not long after before she took the plunge and decided to pick up a paintbrush and started working on a new collection of artwork inspired by her natural surroundings. She has had work showcased in numerous galleries and exhibitions and more recently her collection called Cut Glass received great praise just before hitting lockdown. As we entered lockdown she was inspired even further with the change of seasons and created yet another wonderful colourful collection of art which is currently exhibited in a successful art trail in the Chilterns. I even had the great pleasure of writing a complimentary text for one of her more recent sublime pieces of art. Her work is vibrant, bright, colourful and fun and in her words she calls her work the art of bright, which it most certainly is. 
please welcome the very lovely Ali Mackey. Hi Ali, welcome to the Beat Society. How are you? I'm good, thank you, Kim. How are you? <laughs> I'm very well, thank you. I'm good. Um, tell us a little bit about you for the people that don't know who you are and what you do. Okay, uh, well, my name is Ali Mackey and I'm an artist. I, um, I paint things and draw things. In fact, drawing is hugely important. I'll talk to you about drawing later on. But um, yeah, this is something that I've, I, I want to say I've come to later in life, but it's not true. I've painted and drawn my whole life. I've just not called myself an artist my whole life. Um, my career path has been in design. Um, I, my degree and my master's were in design. And it's after um, having my daughter that, you know, your life takes a different tack and changes pace. And all of that three-dimensional design focus has kind of channeled itself into painting, mm -hmm. mixed media painting. Excellent. Um, with, I always ask all my guests this because obviously the, the podcast started through the peak of lockdown and everyone that I've spoken to has been quite creative in one way or another, whether it's, you know, maybe setting up a podcast or something, or maybe my guest last week was a comedian and he was doing, you know, online Zoom gigs and working out, you know, how to perhaps generate an income because obviously his career had basically come to a complete sort of standstill yes. um, and lots of other people you know just working out what they're going to do and a lot of it's been quite creative have you found over lockdown that you've been able to find the time to to let those creative juices sort of flow a bit more um you know that's yeah. have you found that yeah or have you been a yeah. bit more sort of chilled out over, you know, over lockdown and sort of wanted to be, I don't know, more family orientated, sort of spending time with your family rather than focusing on work, so to speak? Well, I think it's, it's probably been a bit of both. Certainly it's it's been gentle, but it's definitely been, um, I don't know, the pattern during the height of lockdown was mm -hmm. homeschool in the morning. Then both of us were just completely sick of the sight of each other and the afternoon everybody just did their own thing. And mm. I just, I started to create things and just work on things. I, I, there was no like conscious project direction. Normally I focus on a project or I have a project in mind that I work towards. And in mm. the spring, I was quite excited about um, a byways project. I was going to do drawing and sketching um, local, well, the, the local pathways that we take um, where, where I live. There's, there's all sorts of kind of hidden hidden roads behind the main roads or through the fields. And um, I was just starting to, after that really long, horrible, wet winter we had, you know, nice warm sunshine, getting outside and drawing that. And then all of a sudden lockdown happened. It's like, well, okay, I, in, in a one hour family walk, I can't stop them and say, right, I'm going to do my sketching now because the whole point was being outside to exercise. And yeah. um, so that project had to be put to one side. And at the same time, um, just to make lockdown even more exciting, uh, we had a building project taking place, um, cool. a small extension on our home mm -hmm. and creating the studio that I'm sitting in at the moment. And so for most of lockdown, our, we had no kitchen. Um, our kitchen was in our dining room. We'd made a makeshift kitchen there. And so we had a dining table in the living room, which is where the homeschool happened, is where mealtimes happened. And in the afternoon, it became my painting table. So um, we one would be playing, I would be painting. And it started with a bunch of flowers that I was given, a bunch of tulips um, 
for Mother's Day. So the tulips were on the dining room table and I just got to draw these. And these paintings just kept yeah. spilling out. So there's, and then when the weather got really lovely and warm, I'd be in the garden. So it's very, it was very home centric, the work I was doing, but based on um, flora, based on the flowers and things in my garden. So there was you know, this sense of getting outside as much as I could, but um, I'm not sure if that's answered the question. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the thing. I mean, lockdown happened and it was spring basically. So everything was coming to life, all the flowers are blossoming, the trees are, you know, sort of, you know, sprucing up and everything was nice. So I, I said this to a few of my guests, lockdown has had its positives um you know people have been creative they sort of found a way to you know use that time uh in a positive way so that's good yeah. and you know when you look at your work as well um yeah it, it just remind. it's just so spring-like it's so summery it's very bright it's quite happy uh yeah. and it's lovely and actually it's a nice sort of thing to look back at lockdown and look at all the work that you've created in that time um yeah, nice little memory, actually. Um, where did your love of art derive from? Now, that's a very good question because, well, I've always, always been interested in art. I've come from a family who I wouldn't necessarily say we are, we were um, an overtly creative family, but I come from a family of engineers, um, botanists, and um, kind of, you know, creatives but in in a not in a drawing or painting sort of way mm. so there's a lot you know um the engineering side of the family there'd be lots of drawings around the place my grandfather mm. um would draft out designs for he, he was um, a self-taught silversmith and he would make rings for my grandmother and my mum and so I I remember all of that happening and I learned quite early on that um you know at school when you realize you know people are starting to discover their talents somebody was really good at maths or somebody was really good at English or speaking in public yeah. and it was kind of halfway through primary school I realized that drawing was the thing that um, that was my thing and nobody else could could draw quite as well as I could and it was kind of like this okay so that's my thing this is yeah I can I can work with that but in primary school nobody says oh you can go on and be an engineer or you can be a designer or you can yeah. well they might say you can be an engineer but they don't say oh you could be a furniture designer or you could be a graphic designer that just mm -hmm. for some reason at that time um that those those options just didn't seem to be apparent I think my parents probably started to think oh my goodness me what on earth are we going to do with Alison because <laughs> it's clear something's <laughs> got to happen with this creativity but we but to that up until that point nobody in my family had gone to art college so it was creative but not in the sense of an art college um, painterly derived family and um, so anyway my parents were open-minded enough to know that this despite having no previous knowledge of how that system works know that that was the route um, to take and they did everything they could to help me um, to help me fulfill that dream and see where it would go and you know there was always conversations of um you know whatever you do you have to be able to provide for yourself and put a roof over your head you know you have to make your own way mm -hmm. and i think in yeah. the background probably going and how on earth are you going to do that with art um and i think that's possibly where the design came from or, or the design journey became mm -hmm. 
maybe more obvious that it was a practical journey to take but that was that was my own decision um when you, you go to you do a foundation first if that's your route if art college is your route you do a foundation course first and you get to try everything a little bit of graphic design illustration three-dimensional design fine art um, yeah. fashion you name it you get to have yeah. a go and I, I did for five minutes I thought graphic design might be my route but there was always this sense of and again probably because we weren't because we didn't as a family know anything about art college mm -hmm. all the sense of well if you do three-dimensional design then surely that still covers two-dimensional things and would give you a much more rounded education therefore your chances of doing something that will provide an income and put a roof over your head might be mm -hmm. greater yeah. so it's kind of interesting to ha having gone down the design the three-dimensional design route then my career is in corporate interior design um, I designed offices um, for most of my my working career before I stopped and, and had my daughter. And mm. it's kind of a it's kind of nice to see that I've kind of gone back to the 2D, which is what I thought I might be interested in from mm. day one of um, my foundation. So I don't know, things go in loops, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I remember like studying art at school. I never took it on. Um, you know, you get to like year 10, I think it is, and you're like sort of 15, you have to pick your GCSEs. I never chose anything. Um, I never chose art because I couldn't draw. No. I could barely draw a stick man and I still can't draw. And I know very little about art, not because I'm disinterested in it, just because it's so vast. I just don't yeah. know where to start. You know, I've been to, uh, I remember when I went to Barcelona a few years ago, we went to the Picasso Museum. That was really good. You know, I know artists such as obviously Van Gogh. I studied at, when I did an A-level in English. I did English literature. I remember studying, um, uh, what's his name? William Blake, uh, yeah. the writer. But he also did loads of art. You can find all of his sort of portraits now at yeah. uh, Tate Britain in London. Yeah. And that's really yeah. cool. So I kind of learned mm, sort of art um, through various other subjects rather than yeah. you know particularly focusing on, on, on art as a subject itself at school yeah um but that's fascinating but i i can't i can't draw to save my life my every time i draw you know i sit down with my kids and they say right mummy can we draw a picture i just draw the same old rubbish i'm not i'm no good my daughter's six and she can draw so much better than i can i think it is a talent i don't think well, you know anyone could just pick up a pen and do it but they, i think i don't know I think there's a, I think a talent's got something to do with it, but I might counter that perhaps you never had the right teacher that unlocked your way of making <laughs> marks or showed Maybe. you that. It's like apparently, um, apparently I could be taught how to do maths really well. And, um, you know, I challenge somebody to do that because maths is not my strong suit, but, you know, you find workarounds. Um, but if somebody taught me in a way that um, suited me, then who knows? Maybe I would be—I wouldn't have to count on my fingers to. to yeah, you, know. you might have been able to excel. And I also yeah. find with art, though, it's having, and even if it's through, like you know, art through photography or whatever it is, it's having that yeah. creative eye, that creative vision to be able to see something that maybe someone else can't see. Uh, yes. And I think that's what separates an artist from someone like me who goes, oh, that looks like a nice picture, but I can't see anything else past it. I couldn't create it myself, if that makes sense, because I'm not yeah. an artist. Uh, I am dreadful. 
<laughs> I was looking at, um, you know, when you were back at school and you do the little uh, portraits of your face for the school tea towel, you know, the class yeah. tea towel. I remember looking yeah. at mine because my mum still has it. And it was like a 1995 one. So I was about nine or 10. And uh, I just, I couldn't even draw hair. I've just given myself a bald head. I mean, that's how bad my <laughs> picture, my illustrations are. Terrible, really bad. Um, but no, I appreciate art when everyone else does it, but I just can't, I'm, I'm dreadful with a pencil. I'm really yeah. bad. But then isn't yeah. that wonderful that you appreciate it? So there's, you know, there's something there for everyone. You don't have to, I, exactly. I, I couldn't do what you're doing, um, you know, organizing a podcast and having, you know, your interviews and, you, you know, the editing that you do mm. as well, I mean, I'm dyslexic, um, that would be quite a challenge for me. But because of that, and this is, and I often talk about being dyslexic, mm. um, because of that, I have the sort of brain that will allow me to look at objects and shape and texture and pattern and colour, mm. and somebody can, something that might look like a mess of shapes to somebody else, I can take all of that on a blank piece of paper and manipulate it to make a sense mm. out of it. And so I'm convinced there's just, there's different types of brains and they're all good at... That's exactly it. Because I know quite a few people that are, you know, that have, you know, different levels of dyslexic, dyslexia. Mm. And anyone that I, everyone that I have spoken to that has that are way more practical. They have more practical still, skills. Mm um so you know rather than trying to maybe work out a mathematical equation very quickly in your head although a lot of people with dyslexic would get the answer in the end uh, maybe through counting through their fingers or drawing you know little charts or whatever it is to to yes. find that answer they're always uh just from my experience just a lot more practical practical with their hands the way they do things, they might be a little bit more creative because, as you say, the brain works in different ways. Um, you know, I'm not the most practical person, but I'm mm -hmm. a bit more, I guess I'm more um, academic in some respect. I did yeah. better at subjects in school in English and not that great at maths. I did okay at maths, but I was really yeah. good at sort of English sciences, all that sort of stuff, politics, whatever it was. But mm -hmm. um, when it came to the more sort of practical things, that's where I sort of, that's where my flaws were, if that makes sense. Um, but no, it's interesting that you say that. Um, I was going to ask you, where do you take your inspiration from? Because I can see all your pictures in the background there and they look really lovely. And, you know, we're getting an idea of the sort of art that you do. Um, yeah. Where do you draw your inspiration from? Well, I don't have to look far. I, it's, it's kind of just everything I see around me. And um, mm. we're blessed to live in such a wonderful corner of the, the UK, the Chiltern Hills, and I can the views I can see from my own home, um, you know, wake up in the morning and think, oh, right, oh, you know, sketchbook out, I don't quite do that, but you know, it's like yeah. mental note, once I've done the school run, then I will come home and yeah. then let's do some sketching and I often sit in the fields um, nearby. So I'd say landscapes and a lot of, um, uh, you know, flowers, plants, um, the, everything, well, it kind of goes hand in hand with each other quite nicely. And um, although saying that in last, winter I did some more still life painting and um, I, I think it was something to do with the time of year I'm trying to 
Um, I like to to kind of recognize how how different seasons behave or how you might behave in a different season and what are the colors what's the light like and what's the focus of that season and I think last mm. winter I found because it was such a dark rainy squally winter I actually wanted to be inside and how do we make inside cheerful you know the Scandinavians are so good at doing that with their long winters and their Hugo mm. and all the rest of it yeah. and then um, to an extent, the Scots have taken on, um, I think they're trying to put their own take on that. And they have this thing called curry, which is um, about having a kind of a cozy, a cozy hug. And I got quite into um, the, the kind of heightened colors that you would adorn your home with before Christmas and the fruit that's available then and the persimmons, you know, you don't get persimmons in the shops any other time, you know, the beautiful orange yeah, yeah. colored fruit with their folded leaves, leaves. and the, kind of the paperiness of those. And um, and I found, I was given um, a glass bowl that was my grandmother's and I had it sitting on the dining table and my daughter and I were doing some drawing and I just, you know, she was drawing unicorns and I started to draw this fruit bowl and one thing led to another and a cut glass collection um, developed over Christmas, which ah. I was able to showcase um, in my first solo show, mm. um, which happened this uh, March. Um, it was the week before lockdown, and I had a very successful private view, and the show ran for a week until, unfortunately, the gallery had to close its doors, not knowing what the future would be. But they very quickly um, turned it to an online exhibition. I mean, that, you know, a very fast reaction and it received um it was received really well and I've only got one painting left from it so <laughs> amazing so that's where the cut glass sort of where it was born yes exactly amazing winter dining table so yeah <laughs> so uh <laughs> so your um so your work is obviously you take inspiration from the outdoors your surroundings the natural world so to speak to a sense yeah. and obviously yeah. you know, like you say the changing of the seasons and things like exactly. that exactly like the beauty of the everyday i often think in my head it's the beauty of the everyday and you can find mm. beauty in all sorts of things it's not like you have to have this amazing oh my goodness me i have to have this incredible display or something in front of me it's like well actually it just might be the way the light catches a leaf or that has fallen on the ground and is otherwise yeah. rubbish and will decay and go into the undergrowth or it gets picked up and um, often my daughter finds things she says oh mummy mummy you love nature so there you go there's something you have to take it home this is on the school run take that home you can draw it that's so, so <laughs> nice so actually with your daughter as well um it's quite a nice thing you can kind of sort of do it together it's a, a nice little project to yeah. sort of to have uh like a mother and daughter bonding experience i guess to some extent is she yeah. into art she is and she is and i sometimes wonder if um i try not to put too much pressure on her. of course i'd love her to be creative like me and i'm sure and she is creative in her in her own way but um i you know I just have to be mindful that she's got to choose her own path and when she does pick up a pencil and draw she creates some amazing things and then other times she just leaves it for a while because I probably I, I probably show her too many things of what I'm doing and she needs to to, to develop herself but, yeah um, that's the thing but even still it's quite nice you know yeah you never know where they might sorry she's a, very, she's a very good critic so if I'm struggling oh, she... with something 
<laughs> it's funny that my daughter's a very good critic as well. She's always criticized everything I do, even dinner time. It's not just work or whatever it is. Mummy, that's not quite right. The peas aren't, you know, not cooked to, you know, the right temperature. Um, <laughs> they can be very critical at this age. Um, so tell us, so what was the, that sort of defining moment in your sort of career where you decided, you know, what was the pinnacle moment in your life where you decided, yeah, I want to go down this route. This is what I want to do. And um, yeah, this is this career path that I've chosen. Do you remember that moment? That's a good question. I, I remember having a conversation with some friends saying, I have this vision for something mm -hmm. And I could see it. I couldn't necessarily put words to it, but I could see it. I suppose it's like, you know, you have these kind of five-year plans. It wasn't, it wasn't a written down five-year plan. It was a, it was more of a mental thought. Well, you know, if I do this and it's just at each stage, I kind of like, right, well, this will be the next thing I do. And then I have this little vision of what it might look like. And then it's amazing how once you've kind of got that in your mind, that it sort of happens. So I had this vision for, right, um, you know, again, having this design background, knowing that um, after I had my daughter, that I, I wanted to, I wanted to be a mum full time. I wanted to stop my career. Being an interior designer is quite demanding of time. You do you, when the client says jump, you jump, and and yeah. um, I, I just wanted to focus on being a mum. But of course, being creative, you can't, you kind of can't really help yourself from making things or doing things. So. You know, we'd sit and create sewing projects together and, you know, feel terrible having a tiny thing playing with pins. But, you know, it's like, well, she gets used to the pins and she'd be like, you know, just arranging them. And so we do these projects together. But yeah, I was having this conversation with a friend saying, I can see I can see my name associated with with paintings. And I, and I know there are paintings in me. And um, mm. I went on a, uh, my mum, who was also an artist, and she did come to art quite late in life. She, she's been an artist for the past 10 years, and she's very successful. And um, we both went on a landscape painting course. Now, up until that point, I had done a lot of still life work, um, life drawing through art college there was life drawing all the time I mean, I, because it was furniture design that I majored in you have yeah. to know the, the, you have to understand the human body in order to make that fit with pieces of furniture so the two went hand oh, really hand. yeah oh. quite interesting yeah um and I said so never painted a landscape I was like oh my god I can't, I, I can't do that and by the end of this week of sitting outside on the Yorkshire Dales being blown and buffeted by the wind and rain and having it slosh all over this um, piece of paper um, that, and the woman who took the course, she was just incredible. And it was just like, this is it. I, I just, I, I can do it. I love it. And I can't wait to do more of it. And it was just the catalyst from there. And, you know, I, I did, went to night classes and I thought, you know, I, because often being a young, a new mum, you, you your confidence can go a little bit. And so I did some night classes and it was like, it was all there. It was just hiding away, ready to yeah. come out. That was just gave me the boost. And then I joined a local art group and they have exhibitions twice a year. So I, you know, get to put my work in the exhibitions and test the water. And then another friend said, there's an exhibition to do with, it was um, textiles and, because she knew I loved sewing as well and all sorts of creative things mm. I like. And so she gave me this nudge, I think you could do this. Um, so over the course of one weekend, I somehow scrabbled together this project um, about 
using natural fibers and yeah. I was dyeing natural fibers and you know you name it I've got all the ingredients from Tesco's and was copying it all this <laughs> what does turmeric do to a piece of wool what, what do yeah. blueberries do you know, make it all work red wine I need red wine so sending people off to the shops to get it anyway worked worked and worked and worked and got this and I got this piece in the exhibition it was like oh my goodness me I did it and it was just so I don't know it was just it was amazing it made me so happy and I think it was this combination of this joyous feeling that I could do that and realizing that you know I could play with color all day long and this bright and so now I, I call my work the art of bright yeah and it's just about being happy and making I want other people to feel happy when they see it it's you know it's to be accessible um and it's just an expression of um yeah, I'm an inherently happy person, what can I say? <laughs> yeah, no, that's great. I think it does reflect that in your work, though. When I look at your your, you know, your paintings, um, yeah. yeah, they are, it, it says it in the title, The Art of Bright. It's all really bright. It's it's really uplifting as well. Um, <clears throat> and yeah, it you know, you look at them and it's like that lovely positive message, I guess. I mean, everyone can interpret um, a painting or, you know, a piece of art in a different way. And I think that's, quite for me anyway personally the joy of it I like sort of listening to different interpretations of a certain piece of art um, yeah. whether it's right or wrong or maybe the artist had you know a particular story in mind when they were creating mm -hmm. this you know piece of work um, but it's a different interpretations but I think with all of yours they definitely have that sort of uplifting feel you know when you see it I look at yours and I think oh sunny days lovely walks um, you know just just really you know just bright as you say it's yeah. just really lovely and warming to look at um, oh, that's good to hear Kim yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh, <please. laughs> um, what I was going to ask you is what um, how are you showcasing your work at the moment? So your current collection of work, is that something that we can sort of look for at the moment? And if so, how yes. about it? Yes, there, um, well, I have a website. Um, so not all of my work is on there, but I, I, I organize that by season. So each season I try and make sure I refresh that um, so that there's always going to be something new to look at. And I'm a great lover of Instagram and Facebook so I'm always posting things and I love stories so there's you know little tidbits of you know I guess the behind the scenes kind of stuff but I suppose the one vaguely um maybe more commercial thing that I did achieve during lockdown was to work and in fact I was slightly pulled in kicking and screaming and um, because I kind of got used to I'm a little bit of a homebody, so I kind of got used to this. Oh, but I'm just doing my own painting, and that's that's fine. And they're like, no, 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 let's let's try and create um, maybe something for the community. So as lockdown was lifting, we thought, you know, I wonder, we wonder if we could make an art trail happen. So um, probably taken two or three months to organise this. Um, because normally during the summer, during June, um, Buckinghamshire um, does Bucks Art Weeks, which is a very well-known, very successful two-week-long summer exhibition where, you know, everybody can get involved. People can go out and choose which venue they'd like to go and look at. There's normally a big fat book published, um, which has the information on all of the artists in the county. And while we couldn't we couldn't create something that big because there was only five of us organizing um, this. We thought perhaps we could do a local art trail and we've managed to gather together 20 artists and we're exhibiting 
at about 10 different venues and um, you know we've all got our masks and visors on and we're asking people to to track and trace and sign in and all the rest of it so we're we're trying to be as safe as possible because you know COVID has taken a turn for the worse after we thought things were getting better mm. so we're being very responsible but the uh, and it's taking place at the moment and there is you know the positive response we have had um from our community to say you know just thank you for doing this we've got somewhere to come and we can look at this and so to be able to chat to people face to face about all of the work that we've been producing during lockdown it's amazing oh that's lovely yeah, yeah. that's lovely because you can showcase all your work you're you know you're getting the community together people are you know like-minded people maybe that yeah. are into art or, or whatever it is um I think that's lovely. It's a nice positive message. And, you know, we've, I mean, we've sort of taken, like you say, a bit of a downturn with the whole COVID thing at the moment. But yeah. to be able to still, you know, um, be able to showcase all this work and be able to have these little, you know, exhibitions, this little trail going around, it's lovely. It brings people together. And it sort of brings that sense of normality back as well to be able to still do these things. Because, yes. um, you know, there's so many things were happening. You know, when we were on lockdown, everything was sort of done virtually, either through yes. Zoom and online exhibition, which is great because you're still being able to yes. get your work out there to everyone else. But to be yes. able to have that actual like you said face-to-face -face interactions you can actually talk to people yeah. tell them a bit about your work that maybe the story behind some of the paintings and that sort of absolutely. stuff absolutely absolutely yeah. and i think what we were hoping would happen and i think it is happening that it that it seems to be such a big success and mm. um, i mean we're only halfway through but i, I think we now have some building blocks that we could perhaps offer this to the community next september and maybe it becomes an annual event and um, so there's a really lovely compliment to box art weeks which happens in the summer and to then have an autumn exhibition which autumn is a great time to showcase yes. what you the productive spring and summer months to mm. then be able to show your work and maybe we make it um maybe it becomes a little bit bigger we could offer it to different the yeah. formula to different towns and see if yeah. they would like to jump Absolutely. on too yeah. Oh, that's lovely. And so yeah. far, it's been a success. Yes, it has. It has. And it's lovely to see that paintings that were created for lock during lockdown have found new homes. That's yeah, super. exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I think, like I said earlier on, it's the it's those memories as well. You know, we've all been through lockdown and, you know, you've been doing all of your paintings as well through that period. You know, spring was in the air, so summer came into it. And it's mm -hmm. nice. I guess it's nice just to look back at those paintings and see you know the work that you've created and how productive you've been and what you've done to you know in, in that time creatively um yes. what words of advice would you give someone that's an aspiring artist wow well i think it's i think you just have to go for it i really do if you believe that you have got something to offer to the world and that you can't you can't if you've got an energy that you can't contain within yourself and you know that you have to explore something on paper or canvas or whatever it is, I think you just have to dive in and you have to do it. Um, and, you know, this is where Instagram is brilliant because you just start showing what you're doing and you get dialogue and conversation back and say, I'm struggling with this or whatever. I actually find that on Instagram, for example, 
is often more artists that follow artists. So it's, it's a really great art community and you learn from each other. So if you can't go out and meet people, if you're not able to go to a class at the moment, although saying that, I think there are classes available and there's Zoom and all the rest of it. I've been doing a, an, illust an online illustration course because, you know, I'm the perpetual learner. I don't, you know, there's, I, I've, I've not got all the answers. So I, I want to, to know what else is available and what's out there and how I can push myself. And yeah. um, so you just have to jump in and just go. And then, you know, a tiny little opportunity, like this first, my friend giving me a nudge to try this, um, this gallery. Um, and then see where that leads you. And, and I had a really lovely call from um, a local gallery the other day saying maybe we could talk about another um, another solo exhibition. So, you know, I, I, it's too early to talk about that, but it's just options. lovely that those options are, are available. That's so nice. So you start, yeah, exactly. It's sort of, um one sort of one door closes another one opens and it's all these different sort of avenues that you can go down to see where your work sort of yeah. takes you but that'd be really exciting somewhere else yeah. that might be able to sort of showcase your work as well so hey yeah. sounds yeah. great i think i think with most things sometimes if you believe in yourself enough and you have that passion and that energy and that drive you just gotta jump in the deep end and go for it haven't you really definitely i was gonna say self-belief is i think a, is a huge key to it and just you know regardless of what, you know, everybody's got an opinion about everything and not everybody is going to like your work and they shouldn't, everybody shouldn't like your work. You think yeah. you're probably doing something wrong if they do, you know, it's, you've got to be a bit, bit Marmite. Um, bit I think, yeah, I think you're right. I think, I think with anything, you know, you're not going to please everyone. Some people aren't going to perhaps like that style of art. They might be a bit more abstract or whatever it is. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but I think that's the, the joy of it, then to be able to push yourself a little bit further, maybe test yourself yeah. a bit more creatively as well. Um, yeah. You're never going to find everyone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think, but learn, I think as a young person, it's maybe more difficult to realize that that's okay. And maybe that's something that comes being a little more mature yes <laughs> that's it you, I think yeah. you just yeah you got to roll with the punches and criticism yeah. is a good thing if it's constructive criticism that's something you can yes. yeah I think like you say I think that comes of age as well the more you experience that as well the more you'll I guess you'll grow a thicker skin and you'll be able to handle yeah. that because yeah not not it's not going to be everyone's cup of tea I guess at the end of the day yeah. so you know I think you just got to keep on keeping on doing you know like you say if it's something that you're really passionate about and it makes you happy then you know more for it why not I think it's yeah great. I just wish yeah. I could be better at art but hey ho so tell us what's next for you now we're moving well, in sort of the autumnal months into winter what yeah, what would be next well, for you I, I kind of I've kind of, well, it, one thing that's great about being able, you know, this, the art trail at the moment is that you can see everything up. So it's great for me to do a critique on my own work. And it's like things that I've enjoyed. So already I'm starting to, to filter some of that visual information. And I, I don't know what the project is yet, but I know there's going to be an autumn project. And I think it's going to be quite rich. I think the colors are going to be, um, you know, a little bit like last winter's project, maybe, I, richer possibly even darker colors i'm discovering that some of the dark colors really enhance the bright colors often my work has been quite light and so i think i think we might be bright and moody um for for october see where that goes yeah. um 
moody in a good way but (laughs) (laughs) and I'm considering like branching out into maybe and it's probably too early to talk about this and I might jinx it but maybe creating a small homewares collection which my work on it so just adding adding another string to my bow another opportunity for um for creating things that people might like to I like yeah Yeah. that will be so cool so you mean like when you say like homeware do you mean like furnishings yeah yeah uh, things my paintings printed onto fabrics and seeing what could be created with those um, I've been in touch with other companies that um, create uh, tableware and, and what options might be available for that. So it's kind of it's kind of exciting because it's like, well, do I use some of my designs already, or do I start a whole new new um, collection? Yeah, design for these um, things. So I'm starting to gather samples at the moment. Mm. Um, so it's I'm just going to let you know because you know of COVID and all the rest of it. Um, rather than necessarily force myself to go out and do some more exhibitions which probably isn't necessarily the right time of year just use just use this run up to Christmas as a really indulgent project development discovery time so I'm really looking forward to it oh that's so exciting oh brilliant (laughs) so I could get a cushion with your picture on it essentially watch this (gasps) (laughs) my husband will probably get a bit mad at me I've got so many cushions if I buy another one you might but I'll just say no you know oh it's got a nice bit of artwork on it and I know who it is so you know I'm allowed to have another cushion oh that would be so cool how exciting oh that's brilliant and it's just taking it to that next level isn't it rather than just you know maybe exhibiting your work in a gallery or an exhibition it's just sort of you know breaking that boundary and going into a different sort of um yeah. path with it well, which is great exactly. well it makes it more tangible and it kind of brings it back to design which yeah. you know I still sometimes go oh you have to say yes I, I am an artist but like to say I'm a designer is second nature because that's kind of what I've been my whole yeah. life yeah so yeah. it's why label something let's just be creative I'm yeah. a creative yes. <laughs> ah that's so good how so exciting I love that well on that note um good luck with everything I hope that goes well and keep us in touch you know let us know how you get on with all of that sort of stuff but um oh this is brilliant but we can look at your work online obviously and um see what you get up to next but thank you so much for coming on the Beat Society you to today's guest that was the wonderfully talented Ali Mackey to discover more about her work you can visit her website alimackey-art.com as well as her Instagram and Facebook pages too you have been listening to the Beat Society written produced and edited by Kim Lewis <laughs>